on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Throw-In Independent.ie's GA Podcast. I'm Will Slattery and we have another great show lined up for you today as we look back at yesterday's All-Ireland Camogie final between Cork and Kilkenny. Joining me on the line to discuss the big game is Limerick defender Fiona Hickey. Fiona Cork, obviously All-Ireland champions for the second year in a row, once again beating Kilkenny by just one point. They'll obviously be heartbroken for a second year in a row as well. Um, I guess it's fair to say though that although it was a dramatic finish, the game probably didn't reach the heights that many people were expecting. Yeah, that's it. Like both teams have been so impressive all year, racking up serious scores in both their different groups. And um, I just think a scoreline, I suppose, fourteen points to thirteen. It was more than last year, which was only ten points to nine. But I suppose you can look at it in two ways. You can say that the scoreline was disappointing, and that possibly there was no goals, or there wasn't. It wasn't hugely high scoring. But at the same time. I just think these two teams know each other so well and Downey, Paddy Murray know each other inside out at this stage and I suppose tactically both teams set up um, defensively and they're just hoping, I think, um, free takers have played such a huge uh, role in the game of Camogie at the moment and yesterday I think that was just proven that both teams had such good free takers and set up to, I suppose, win those frees and hopefully put them over then, so... Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, I guess, the, the team setting up defensively because I'm just, I just have some Potty Murray quotes in front of me and he says, I read reports and it sickens me when it says we use a sweeper. We never use a sweeper. Like, do you, <laughs> is he being a bit cheeky there? Like, or, or what do you think? I, I don't know. I, 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 they definitely don't set out, you know, with a specific sweeper, you know, for a whole 60 minutes. Mm. But uh, Laura Tracy definitely picked up a sweeper role there yesterday for a long, a long part of the game. And, um, at some stages there you'd five backs from Cork completely free in their own half and all Kilkenny I think they at one stage there was only one Kilkenny player in um, up in the Kilkenny forward so you know I suppose both teams had their own tactic, tactics and to be fair to both management they didn't actually change their game plan to you know, to suit, they, they went out with their own game plan and they went with that. But unfortunately, both teams just set up so defensively. I just think, you know, it just reminded me of football, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, the way the football championship has gone as well. Mm. You know, just tactically, you know, you got to get your tactics right. You want to get over the line, whether it's a one point victory or it's a five point victory, a six point victory. The victory is the most important, but I just unfortunately, and between, I suppose, some of the refereeing decisions on top of everything yesterday, I just think 
the final didn't reach the heights that it could have if mm. the game was played more free-flowing, if it was 15 on 15, down to even the game before the ball was even thrown in, the you know, all the, the players inside the, the square down by the Hill 16 end, you know, the game was delayed by two or three minutes because <laughs> there was some crazy tactic stuff going yeah. on, you know, so. And and I guess you touched on it there and we kind of have to talk about the referee, uh, Eamon Cassidy. He's come in for a lot of criticism for, I guess, not only maybe the, the call at the end which decided the game, but to out he was he was very fussy he was blowing a lot of frees like there were only nine points from play in the end and a lot of that I guess was down to the amount of frees he was giving like what would you agree with the general kind of tone that people are taking with regards to his performance yeah like I mean we shouldn't even have to talk about this it should be all about the camogie it should be about you know some of the great saves even Murray pulled off the great free taking that was on display um you know the defenses were just both so amazing yesterday but like unfortunately everything that's been said in the media today and yesterday was all about the referee and people are right they have it has to be brought up it has to be something has to change because it, it just it, you know it ruined the game and it you know they, their biggest attendance figures yesterday 21 over 21,000 people there yesterday and I can't um, the people who couldn't make it yesterday watching that at home I think some of the refereeing decisions that were made would never entice anyone to want to go watch a camogie match at any level, never to mind, you know, the All-Ireland final. It's, it, you know, it's really, it's very disappointing that so many people are talking about the referee today because of poor decisions made. And uh, I don't know what people are, like, it wasn't just a senior match, intermediate match also, you know, Sarah and Cara there were, for down was sent off on, on a second yellow on, an, on a free that, could have gone the other way. You know, it was just, these little margins are just, you know, it's making, you know, the talking points of the game, unfortunately, not about the camogie, not about the, you know, the strength and physicality of the girls. It's about, you know, the referee and what terrible decisions he's making. Yeah, and just from your experience, obviously playing inter-county for Limerick, like, is this a, a, is this kind of the norm? Like, would this standard of officiating be what you would be used to, unfortunately, from, from playing? It's it's the inconsistency is the worst. Um, you know, girls have been given. We've been given a grant by the WGPA, um, you know, which is amazing, and we're so delighted to have gotten that. So every um, um, women's team in the country uh, playing at senior level now has a grant, and um, a lot of girls. I know we've used it as towards strength and conditioning. And looking yesterday, some of the girls were so so physically fit, so physically strong and powerful. I think that's just the way the game has gone. Mm. But, you know, the refereeing rules haven't, you know, it, you know, in his defence, Eamon was probably playing to the rule book in for most decisions anyway. Um, but unfortunately, I think the, the, the rules need to change somewhat because girls are becoming more physically strong. That's where you get your advantage. And if you're going to be penalised, you, you know, um, you're running into a girl and you knock that girl over because you've done, you know, work in the gym all winter because mm. you're, you're strong and you're powerful. And then you get penalised for that, for barging. You know, I just think that, you know, I, I'm afraid the rule book just needs to be looked at again and there needs to be more consistency because, yeah, you, you know, you see a referee in the middle of the picture like, oh, I remember this referee from before, he doesn't like this. I remember yeah. this referee from before, she doesn't like this. It shouldn't be like that. There should be one set of rules. You shouldn't have to adapt the way you play because you know this referee doesn't take kindly to this. Or, you know, it, it's... um. Yeah, and just some of the decisions yesterday were just, you know, screaming at home with the television. And, you know, you should have been just excited about the game. But when you're looking at the referee, you're just like, you know, you've been there, you've done that. And you're like, it's so frustrating to watch. Yeah, is the game at a bit of a, <coughs> excuse me, at a bit of a crossroads in the sense, as, as you mentioned there, that the players, I guess when the rules were originally drawn up, perhaps the players weren't as athletic or weren't as well conditioned. And now that they've kind of made such a leap forward that it, it is kind of out of date with the modern camogie player. 
yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, there, um, something's going to have to be done about it because everyone wants to just be the best camogie player they can be. They want to be as strong. They want to be as powerful as they can be. Um, and the rules at the moment probably aren't allowing for that. Now, you know, there was one or two decisions yesterday that had nothing to do with strength or power. There's people falling over and winning frees and, you know, um, but then they're just playing to, you know, they're playing clever because things like that will win games for you. You know, if you know that you fall over in a certain way, you're going to get a free. That happens in all sports, you know, it's just mm. about being clever. But um, yeah, I definitely think that they need to reassess um, the rules at the moment because, again, we're here talking about the referee when, you know, other Ireland finals, we should be talking about, you know, the unbelievable scoring ability. There were some scores there yesterday that were just amazing and some saves, some defending. It, you know, it really was a fantastic game in so many ways. But unfortunately, as we said, it's just been marred by referee blowing his whistle all of the time. And as you said, nine scores from play in an All-Ireland final is just not, you know, it's not exciting enough for people. Yeah, but just to maybe go and try to pick out some positives from the game, you know, like who stood out to you, you know, as the game was in the melting pot or even throughout that, that really stood up and, and played really well? Yeah, um, yeah, there was a few, I suppose. I suppose the, I suppose the difference really from the teams was Orla Cotter um, and she got, you know, uh, player of the game yesterday. Um, she was amazing, you know, down to even her cuteness for, for you know, getting that free at the end. You know, she knew it was in a scoring position. She knew the game was in the melting pot, as you said. She won her own free. She put that ball over the bar and that was, you know, just, you know, what amazing play. And sure, all her years of experience were all showing in that yesterday. But it wasn't just her free taking. You know, she got 10 points from her frees, but she, you know, she got a hook in there at one stage that was just so impressive. Her work rate was huge. And I would like to actually all, the work rate from everyone yesterday was just, unbelievable so like you know the team showed so much heart um I think um Katie Power was amazing again you know could have done more if advantage rules were played I think she was in pretty much one-on-one with Eva Murray at some stage maybe there possibly one other defender there and you know you'd expect her to stick a goal there all day long but the ref blew had them playing some advantage then he blew for a free there and you know she I don't think some of the Kilkenny players um they played very deep um as I said earlier, they only had like maybe one player in the car cap at some stages, so they had to do long runs, you know. So mm. they're, they're physically so fit, and Dalton had some great runs up the pitch as well. But unfortunately, I think where they lacked was um, Cork's firepower and their ability to score from long distance was just very impressive yesterday. Katrina Mackey always pops up with one or two, and she got two very good scores yesterday, serious side steps. And yeah, I just think that was probably the difference between the two teams. Um, and also, Eva Murray's saves there towards the end was exceptional as well you know so you can't um you can't take that away from um those players they really really did deserve it so yeah it's like i guess when you look at the last two seasons now obviously it's been cork kenny and the decider both times one point the margin and kenny have only scored what 22 points across the two games and that they have been playing a very defensive style like is that something you think they need to look at in the big games maybe a slightly more attacking style if they do want to get over the line yeah, it's possible, but uh, to be fair, I think they were up. They were up by two points there with about five minutes to go. Mm. So the game they're playing suits them, um, most definitely, and they just have such a good work rate. Um, I know watching it on television yesterday. You know, the Emery Star was commenting, and or Emery Hayes was commenting, and she said, you know, she kept bringing it back to yeah that like if Kilkenny has just one more player inside that uh, they would create a lot more scoring chances. But I feel like Anne Downey set up specifically like that against Cork because she felt that was the way they could beat them. And mm. it wasn't, you know, it's not 15 on 15 anymore. It just doesn't go like that in these big finals anyway between Cork and Kilkenny. As I said, they know each other so well. So I think Anne Downey set up 
in a way and Kilkenny set up, set up in a way that they felt was best to beat Cork and it was all going to plan you know they're off two points they never even though Cork seemed to have the better firepower and obviously you know they ran out winners in the end Kilkenny never went away you know they were eight points eight points at half time and um no, I, you know, I, I obviously would have made for a better game, probably if they'd set up less defensively. But I think all they were thinking was they wanted to, you know, get some retribution for last year. Mm. They wanted to win their game and they felt that if they could win that by one point, setting up like that, they'd take that. And I felt like that, unfortunately, one or two decisions probably went against them. And no, I, 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 I didn't really enjoy their setup, but I mm. believe it was the right thing to do to try to beat Cork. Yeah, most definitely. So. And it's interesting, Paddy Murray talking after the game. I think originally he had planned for this season to maybe be his last as manager, but he was kind of talking about three in a row potentially after the game. It looks like he might stay on. Like, is this Cork team? Do you think good enough to drive on and win a third title in a row, which would be in, in I guess, the modern era, is such a massive achievement. Yeah, I, I can't see him leaving anytime soon now. After that, especially, um, I was reading a good article the other day on it, like this. His brother, Kevin Murray, mentioned that the all of the work they'd put in over the last 24 months was finally coming to fruition. And that just um, that line just has stuck with me, you know, 24 months, that's two years work. Mm. And they finally, you know, it's finally coming to fruition. That is just, you know, the amount of you see yesterday, they won the intermediate as well. The strength and depth Cork Mogi has at the moment is just second to none. And it's so impressive. And I mean, that's what other counties need to be striving towards you know um i would love to be saying from a limerick point of view that yeah the work we put in for the last two years is finally coming to fruition but unfortunately we've had you know changing management there's changing selectors i think cork are so um you know and the same panelists for the last few years as well you know mm. they haven't lost anyone so that consistency you know it pays off in the end and you can just see it coming through now you know uh, they train together the intermediates the seniors you know there's i'd say the fight there that goes on a training is again second to none and you can just see they're reaping the fruits of that now you know they're reaping their rewards because it's just so impressive and no i can't see potty murray going anywhere when you're when you're winning like that i think it's very hard to it's it's addictive as well you know mm. and and like what, what how would you assess the camogie season as a whole obviously like it was great to see over 20,000 there yesterday and even though i guess we didn't get the greatest game it was still you know a good occasion um, and as as the season as a whole like how would you assess it yeah, it definitely, you know, the teams, um, I said it there before recently, like, uh, you know, from a Limerick perspective, you think you're improving all the time. But like even seeing someone like Neve Rocca being mentioned in the Sunday game team of the year now, I mean, for Waterford to get um, where they got to this year, you know, um, qualifying from their group stages for the first time ever. Every team is improving. So the championship is becoming more, you know, uh, competitive all the time. Um, Tipperary, you know, had a really good year. I know Cork ended up beating them quite well in the semi-final, but, but, you know, they stuck with them for 40 minutes, you know, and they, you know, it's just hard to keep that up against Cork. Mm. Um, but I think that any team, definitely any team now you could probably pick would come out of their group, but I, I still think that as a whole, Cork and Kilkenny are above the pack. Galway not Galway not far behind. Um, but I think that, um, you know, that the test between Galway and Kilkenny really stood to Kilkenny as well going into the match yesterday and possibly Cork not having um, been tested Obviously, it didn't actually even affect them in the end. But I think that, no, any team can come out of their group now. And that's really impressive. You know, so like a few years back, you could nearly pick the All-Ireland semi-finals. But I don't mm. think you can do that anymore. That's good. But unfortunately, I still think there's a bit of a gap between other teams and Cork and Kilkenny. They're, you know, um, they're right up there. And I think I can't see, hopefully Limerick could be there. But I can't <laughs> see really past uh, those two teams at the moment either. They're just... 
you know, yeah, for, still hungry. So, from a Limerick perspective, like, is what areas do you think you like need to to reach or, or improve on if you do want to match up with the two best teams at the moment? Oh, I don't know. Um, I suppose consistency is a big one. You know, consistency in management, consistency in selectors, and consistency in girls playing. You know, I'd say over the last since we won the Intermediate All Ireland in 2014, we could have had over 50 different panelists. You know, so um, I think getting. The top girls, now there's a good buzz about Limerick Mogi, you know, this year was a bit disappointing um, coming from, you know, winning a Munster Championship last year against Cork, which is amazing. But, mm. you know, we thought that success this year would be coming out of our group. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. So um, I think that we're performing well in league, but um, it doesn't transfer over to championships. So that would be uh, a goal for us this year. And I think that comes with consistency. That comes with, you know, same panellists as last year, you know, same management and um, or similar management and going from there, I think. And just a, a word on the intermediate final. You mentioned a bit, bit earlier, like it was double delight for Cork. You know, they beat down in the intermediate final. Another great achievement. So, as you mentioned, the strength and depth in Cork hurling, or in Cork Camogie rather, is just yeah. really, really good at the moment. It's unreal, yeah. I mean, they had, you know, an unbelievable young girl, Sirisha, what's Sirisha Fitzgerald, I think her name was. Uh, unbelievable. She played it so, so well and um, just was so delighted to be there. She was playing minor with Cork this year as well. And um, there was pictures of her and her club mate, Linda Collins, taken afterwards. And just, you know, the intermediates are just as important in Cork's eyes as their seniors because there's girls coming up from the intermediate squad. And that's what it's, that's what they should be there for. You know, all, anyone on the intermediate squad should like aspire to be on the senior team. So I think that like, and, you know, having minors kind of helping out with the mix of the older girls on the intermediate team really stood to them as well you know they had um, it was you know it was a lot higher, more higher scoring 113 or yeah 113 to 9 points I think it was you know and 115 of that coming from play so it was a bit more open uh, but again I think that unfortunately you know that sending off really incensed down that uh, Sarah Louise Carr was having a great game and got her second yellow for something really innocuous I mm. really felt that it was such a harsh decision and I think that set the tone for the day with people you know on social media being so frustrated by you know referees when like you know it should have been about how Cork had lost the last two and had finally come to win their third you know I mean I just think again it was marred by poor refereeing decisions you know Cork probably would have won that game fair and square anyway without that sending off but I just think that you know unfortunately that's what people will be talking about is referees from yesterday and they're not talking about Cork's amazing success after losing two to come back again for the third time mm. and even in the junior game Dublin after losing last year and coming back and winning you know and Kerry possibly you know not rising to the occasion and it was their first time in Croke Park so you know these, these are the talking points that should be out there not talking about um, unfortunately you know um, possibly some questionable refereeing decisions well yeah you mentioned the junior final there like the novelty of having Dublin and Kerry playing in a Camogie junior final in Croke Park <laughs> yeah. I think everyone enjoyed that like what, what did you yeah. make of that game yeah, I just thought that um, I think Dublin just showed that bit of class that they have. Um, again, they probably have good strength and depth in their two teams. Um, you know, their seniors uh, didn't quite scale to the great heights they did last year, but um, still um, had a had a good year. And um, their junior team are really, really, uh, yeah, very impressive yesterday. Now scoring one one twelve against um, Kerry and keeping Kerry to one point from play. I suppose it was a joint thing of Dublin had been there last year. They'd been through the Croke Park experience. Can be daunting enough. You know, we lost there in twenty thirteen and came back and won in twenty fourteen. I think that you know that probably didn't help Kerry. And I just I, I know they'll be back. You know, um, mm. they have some great players there. Patrice Diggins, you know, five points from play. She's a serious hurler. You know, um, Kerry will be back. 
like you know that's one of the main things but um it's tough going in Kerry as well because clubs you know they're effectively you know there's only two to three senior teams I think is there even I think there's only two actually senior mm. teams in, in Kerry at the moment so effectively they're a club team um in in many ways so you know it's tough when Dublin we have a lot more um you know girls playing with you know a lot of senior clubs in Dublin and the senior championship the club senior championship is quite competitive and you know there's a few teams there that can win in any given year whereas Kerry don't have that and I think that's um that, that kind of probably was a bit of the difference as well yesterday yeah and just to wrap up I'll put you on the spot slightly I, I wonder if you might pick a moment of the championship and a player of the championship for me um I'm going to have to say yeah I'm going to have to go with Orla Cotter I know she won um, you know the player of the match and I mean she she got married at the start of this uh, summer as well mm. to top it all off so she missed a few matches but um, to get back on the team after going through you know marriage the honeymoon coming back getting on the team and winning you know getting as I said it wasn't just her it wasn't just her free taking it was her ability to win the free mm. it was hooking it was blocking it was everything you know that bit of experience just really showed yesterday when I suppose a lot of um, you know you would have expected maybe a few more scores from a few more court forwards they that didn't materialise Amy O'Connor only got one score I think from play yesterday Katrina Mackey maybe with two um, or the Cronin with two um, but I think that it was she was the difference probably for Cork definitely yesterday and if it wasn't for her I don't think um, they would be there you know Chloe Sigerson as well actually I'm going to put it out there because Cork I think that was good as well because Cork had um you know, their long distance free taker and mm. their um, regular free taker, which is just, you know, other counties aren't doing that. And um, Cork are setting the bar, I mm. think. And do you have a moment of the year? Moment of the year? Um, I suppose, you know, Tipperary, I suppose Tipperary in general um, really, really came from the last few years of kind of not knowing what they were about and for Tipperary to qualify and, um, and you know, really put it up to Cork for, I suppose, that 40 minutes, I suppose, that was just, I suppose, impressive. Mm. Um, I know that's not a specific moment, but huh. I just I was impressed by Tipperary this year. So they'll come again and, um, yeah, so hopefully um, the championship next year will be just as exciting, if not more, and I suppose things, a few things might be looked at over the long winter that's ahead now. Well, Fiona, thanks so much for joining us. Great stuff. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for that, Will. That's all we have time for on the throw-in this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next Monday with a review of the ladies' football final. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next Monday, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.